it's Micro Monday again, the weekly microcast where we get to know members of the Micro.blog community. I'm Jean McDonald, and I'm the community manager here at Micro.blog. This episode, I am very pleased to welcome John Philpin, who is at John Philpin, conveniently enough, on Micro.blog. Hello, John, and welcome to Micro Monday. How are you doing? Good afternoon, Jean. I'm doing well. Thank you very much for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, it's a great pleasure for me to actually speak to you in person um, for the first time. And uh, before we get into it, let's uh, talk about um, you. Let's talk about you, John. <laughs> why, don't you, why don't you tell the people a bit about yourself? Sure. Um, John Philpin, uh, itinerant software person for most of his life, born, uh, actually not born in England, but English by uh, nationality, although I've actually lived in California longer than England. Spent my life in what I call the pointy end of software businesses, which is the customer partner marketing sales world uh, from large organizations like Oracle and Citibank through to being Mm. consultants, done startups, et cetera, et cetera. So the gamut of stuff um, and which I try not to do anymore as I focus my life into a new world, which I've dubbed people first. Mm. Wow. That's uh, that's quite a bio, I really. <laughs> I'm looking forward to hearing more about some of this stuff. One thing I have to laugh about, just because when I was looking at your uh, profile page on the micro.blog app, it showed me that you are following 1,510 users that I am not following, period. I am not following 1,500 users you are following, and I am following a heck of a lot of people. So what's the deal? How is it following all those people, and are you trying to get my job? Uh, absolutely not trying to do your job or get your job or anything like that. No, I, I was when I first came on board, I just sort of started looking around and I knew nobody from the microblog community and started following. And it, it just sort of you know, click, it's easy enough to follow somebody, see what they like. And, um, and I engage with all kinds of different parts of communities. And in fact, I put up a post a couple of weeks ago about how there are niches of communities building up. Um, mm-hmm. And people assumed that I was feeling cut out, um, and that's not the case. My observation is that despite all the number of people I follow, I'll, I found somebody just the other day. I, I, I looked at them and thought, my goodness, there's 20 people that they're following that I'm not. So mm. I just sort of follow through. So that's what I mean. There's, there's, there's collections of people that are presumably having conversations um, which I enjoy them all. I really do. Mm-hmm. So I, I just follow whoever I can and sort of open my mind up to learning what I can from whoever's prepared to share. Uh, well, that, yeah, that makes a lot of sense, actually. I just, um, I felt like I was doing that too. And now I feel I am not worthy. <laughs> uh, so uh, tell me about uh how you heard about micro.blog, but more importantly, like why what you heard made you want to participate. So um, I I guess how I heard it, uh, like many people I've heard talking on your podcast or your microcast, should I say, uh, John Gruber was my Mm. route through. I I was did not pick up on the Kickstarter originally. 
Um, but as he was starting to go public, um, he was talking about it again. And I thought, okay, so I signed up and I think I got into some wait list and suddenly I saw it came through. Mm-hmm. Um, why? Um, it's interesting. I was actually a big user of Dave Weiner's 1999 back in the day um, when he came out with that. So I was well aware of what microblogging was about and could do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I loved, what, I loved what Dave was doing, but he's doing it for him. He's not doing it as a product that lots and lots of people can use, really. And you've kind of got to be a little bit on the tech-savvy side to use his world. Um, so I thought, you know, I'd already sort of discontinued from that. I got involved with Microblog. Manton helped me move all my 1999 posts over to Microblog. So all mm-hmm. that sort of sits in glorious uh, glorious uh, posterity and um it's it's just that world i mean i mentioned people first earlier on the whole idea of what i'm trying to do with people first is thinking about human to human um i i've got an organization i work with called identity commons which is out of the same family as as customer commons and creative commons Mm. Uh, i've been tracking something called the identity workshop with um uh, people like Doc Searles for years. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm part of something called Dig Life out of the UK. A lot of what I do is around what the indie web community and Microblog talks about. Um, and so, well, I should re- not really be part of it as well if that's what I'm talking about all the time. So that's 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 how it comes to be. Oh, I see. So, so up until that point, you had 1999, um, which I'm not too familiar with. That's uh, more like a micro-blogging platform than a blogging platform? Very much a micro-blogging platform, um, a slightly different style. Um, but, in fact, there are about, I think, five or six of us in microblog that are 1999ers as well. Mm-hmm. So one of the things I actually do is when I find a little sub-community that I'm interested in, I start collecting the names and put up a little page about whom so people can find other 1999ers if they want to through my through my links. Oh, but, yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I was well aware of blogging and what it did, so I wasn't a newbie at that time. But 2016 was when I signed up with Dave. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it, my, my, my history goes back a little further. Mm-hmm. Um, I- and and did you have like a WordPress blog or something, you know, like that beforehand? Well, I, I took the liberty of checking my history because I knew that you were probably going to ask me this. <laughs> so I can confirm that I first bought philpin.com in 1999. Okay. And um, I definitely wasn't blogging in those days. I was probably playing around with HTML and putting up sites and doing all those site building things. Um, I think micro, sorry, micro Apple had a um, web web builder thing that I used yes, at the time. That's right, I forgot um, about that. <laughs> whatever I was doing got my dad intrigued because in 2003 I bought Philpin.net and gave it to him, so he started <laughs> Philpin.net. So I do know that something must have been happening in those years, and then it was around about 2007, which is when I bought my main business site, Beyond Bridges. And that was when I first, I think I first got into WordPress at that point and started at that point closing down old stuff that I'd been doing and moving all all my domains into a single place and a lot of WordPress. So I actually got um, three main domains that run under WordPress even today. Oh, really? Yeah, you mentioned that, I think, in your... uh in your bio for Microdot blog that you're trying to consolidate your too your many blogs might have good. Yeah. <laughs> it's you know, it's hard not to keep 
creating things like this once you get uh, the bug for it and you think of ways you could use something. Uh, Particularly when people like Manton make it so easy. Yeah. <laughs> Drives you nuts. It used to be hard so you think twice, not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I have more blogs today than I have had total my entire life. Right. Um, and that is <laughs> is that a good thing? I guess it is, but it's definitely uh, it, it leads to a different kind of um, genre of self help books eventually, <laughs> which will be too many blogs, too little time, <laughs> or uh, or in my case and perhaps yours, uh, too many podcasts, too little time. Um, I think uh, you have made a foray into the podcasting world now. I, I have indeed. It was um, it's something which I've been thinking about for a long, long time. I think in my first podcast, I mentioned that I bought this microphone that mm -hmm. uh, we're conversing through now over two years ago. And so that's obviously when I first thought seriously about it, and it still took me this long. So, uh, But yes, I've started, and um, I, uh, knowing today was coming up, I rushed to get version number two out because I thought nobody can be a podcaster with only one podcast. <laughs> so number two went up yesterday, just in time. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've now feeling a lot happier with the technology that's there. Um, yeah. And if I can get it clear so I don't have to edit and thus listen to my voice, it mm. will become a lot easier. Yeah, good luck with that. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that that is one of the things that I have been able to just overcome mentally is like just listening to myself is like listening to anybody else now. And I don't. I try not to judge myself too hard and I try not to say, do I really sound like that? Um, because I do, obviously. And then um, in your case, I have to say, you sound fantastic <laughs> on the mic. I don't think you should feel like worried about editing yourself. Well, th thank you for your kindness and compliments, but don't, don't be confused by the English accent. <laughs> no. I, anyway, why not? I, I, hey, well, <laughs> hey, you know, it works for a lot of people. <laughs> you should just, you know, work that as do many of the other people who have these amazing accents that Americans find very fascinating. Trust me, it works in reverse as well. Does it really? I, oh, I, yes, I find it hard to believe, but I trust you. Yeah. So, well, tell us a little bit about your. Um, you know, your ideas for the podcast that you're creating. So I think I mentioned that this um, people first concept of mine, which is really about thinking about where the world's going. And, you know, sort mm -hmm. of, there's a lot of noise and a lot of debate around microlog about, you know, the social silos, those kinds of things. But outside of that, the ad tracking, the do not track, um, what is what what is identity? I've done work within um, you know post catastrophe identification. Mm. So fires a fire's just gone through a town and burnt it all down, which is happening more all too frequently. Who are these people that are now looking for help? How do you actually sort of make sure they know who they are and that the people that are giving them the services you know, are, are identifiable? That's a real challenge, which the Red Cross wrestles with all the time. Mm -hmm. And there are literally hundreds and thousands of companies, not just people, you know, trying to wrestle this down to the ground. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not somebody who's coming in with a view of being another node, what I call in the network. What I am trying to do is, is bring together glue into that world and try and connect things up 
um, so that you know, introduce different groups to each other so they understand what's happening and probably end up doing that through a map. So that is what People First is about. And out of that, uh, that's what my blog, uh, my, my, my blog uh, People First is about and where my podcasting is going to go to. Um, I've got more ideas than I know how to get out through my mouth at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've been writing stories around people. I, mm-hmm. I, I dub it Travels Without Charlie um, in honor of John yes. Steinbeck. And uh, it just as I talk to people, I find people talking to me about their condition. Uh, I write that as a story and put it up, and that will become part of the output. And maybe some of my podcasting, we're reading some of those stories. So it's still emerging, but but that's that's the that's the general thing. It, it, the future of work. What does that mean uh, mm-hmm. to people? I don't really care about the corporation. Um, the idea of you know, if you don't pay for anything, then how do people earn money? What does creative soul do in the modern age when nobody prepared to pay for music, for books, etc.? Everything's meant to be free, free, free. Mm-hmm. And though large corporations can afford to give things away for free because essentially they treat them as lost leaders, that's not true of the individual. So what do we do about that? So that's the whole people first thrust. That's what the podcast will merge into. Um, as I say, none of that is appearing in the first two so far because I'm much more interested in exploring how the flow of producing such a podcast is working. Uh, so what um, have you learned or what surprised you about dusting off that Blue Yeti and hooking it up to your Mac? Um, I would say, um, so it, you know, when I first played around with it experimentally, maybe a year and a half ago, I was, you know, had recording into GarageBand and trying to get to understand how GarageBand work and looking at effects mm-hmm. and things like that and got all kinds of wacky things out. But this time around, uh, it was you that said, you know, I record with QuickTime. So I thought, oh, let's try that, plug in QuickTime, start talking, and guess what? The sound comes out the other end just as you're talking. And it's that simplicity that just sort of struck me as I've been wrestling with how to use GarageBand, whereas QuickTime is there as a tool built into the OS. I record myself. I then had used GarageBand to allow myself to take two separate recordings and put them together so I, you know, I'm not having to re-record a whole session. I can, mm-hmm. when I fumble and stumble, I can stop and start again and then just push those two things together. So the simplicity of QuickTime to record, um, like yourself, I'm a big Rogue Amoeba um, fan and I've got all mm-hmm. of that, but don't use it for this. I use GarageBand to sort of hold it all together and mm-hmm. export it to an MP3. And so I say the thing that surprised me is actually the simplicity of it all. Uh, literally, I was working at how to introduce music into my podcast and change the volume on the fly and fade in, fade out as I was recording the podcast yesterday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, so that was interesting. So simplicity, yeah. say simplicity. Yeah, I mean that's that is one of the things. Certainly, I have learned, and um, I have told other people is don't overthink it. Just start, you know, start your show. You, there's always going to be new software, or new hardware, <clears throat> better quality, this, that, and the other thing to use. But you, you're not trying to create that level of show. Hopefully, right out of the gate. <laughs> Right. <laughs> now, apparently it takes practice to go figure. Yeah, what do you know? I mean, it's like if you're doing a video, you don't expect it to be television quality the first time you sit down and turn on the camera and start, you know, recording or yeah. uh, or even 
anything is like that. Everything is like that, actually. Nothing uh, nothing really worth doing is, is perfect right out of the gate. And it should probably never be perfect, but uh, at least in the level that people like you and me are operating at. Doing, you know, do it good. Yeah, it's good enough, you know, just not not terrible, but listenable. Like there's some, yes. some basic issues um, that you learn how to control for and you learn how to use some basic tools and then you put it out there and let's see what happens, you know. And people will give you feedback and then you'll find out what to do better right. the next time. It's the audio version of, of you know, writing a blog, really, isn't it? it it's mm-hmm. like everybody hesitated about blog writing because they said, well, I'm not an author. And then mm-hmm. bit by bit, it's become acceptable to do whatever kind of blog you want. And I think yeah. what's happening now is podcasting is, is going the same way. Mm-hmm. The hard thing is going to be is sorting through the clutter of what is the cream. Yeah. Um, and, and so uh, needless to say, I have ideas about that as well. But that will <laughs> be for a separate time. <laughs> Well, that sounds good. Uh, well, so John, is there anything else we should talk about before we wrap this up? Um, no, I think you know. Thank, again, I just say thank you for bringing me onto the show. Thank you and Banton both for everything you do for the community. Um, I would just say, you know, my biker blog is 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 becoming my. Uh, if you will, my central aggregation space and my syndication space. So mm-hmm. if you are in microblog and you're following me, then anything I'm doing out there is appearing in there. Yeah. And that is something I've not been able to do before. And bit by bit, it along with a couple of other blog sites that I've got running <laughs> is where I'm, as I close down my, my tumblers and my Instagrams and my flickers, that's all being folded down and bit by bit will fall itself into there. So I'll again, once more be in control of my own content. And that really is thanks to microblog and not the indie web community per se, but microblog um, in terms of how it's being built, um, who's there. Um, you know, it's, it, it's this community of um, calm, engaged and helpful people. Um, still a very tech-centric one, in my opinion, mm-hmm. um, but but there are people out there that sort of um, are beginning to, to break back that mold. So that's great. And um, the more that we can make this simpler and simpler, um, uh, make web mentions simple, please, <laughs> <laughs> um, then the happier we'll all be. But, no, it, it's been great, and I'm looking forward to taking more and more um, with the podcasting world and getting that to sing a little bit better as well. Well, uh, that that's great. I'm really glad that we have you in the community. Um, you're definitely a, a resource and a, a kind of a pillar in my mind, honestly. <laughs> and Thank you. Uh, uh, folks, if you want to follow John on micro.blog, there'll be a link in the show notes, or you can go to micro.blog slash John Philpin. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you next week. Thank you.